football. In general. Hello, hi everybody. It's Rob Kays and Trevor Koppel. And guess what it is, man? It's time for football in general. It's another week of no grab ass and no feet up on the desk. Uh, you know, my feet are a little. I'm, I got small feet. I got these little French legs. Uh, I can thank my <laughs> grandmother for that. Got these uh, little little cheese Montreal legs. But uh, anyway, sorry, no grab ass. Trevor, what's up, man? How you doing? Uh, you know, I'm doing very well. And uh, fun fact, people don't really know this about me. I used to model my feet in college. Uh, <laughs> had to find a way to eat, you know. Oh, hey, man. Those ramen noodles don't pay for themselves, uh, I tell you. you know, and now there's the Keystone Light. It pays for you afterwards because of the, the, you know, I won't, I'll, I won't go there. But anyway, I had a lot of Keystone Light in college, and I regret every single moment of it, and so does my stomach. And In fact, it's probably why I don't have a stomach lining. But anywho, um, you know, what would you think of uh, – let's jump right into it. What do you think of Julio Jones getting traded this week? Well, it's uh, something we can stop speculating on, which is a lot of fun for us. Uh, you know, you, you, <laughs> but I want to speculate. It's, it's, it's easy. <laughs> well, it's not. It's not fun if you were hoping he was going to go to your team. Right. But uh, you know, it, it would have been foreseeable that we had to wait a lot longer to find out where he was going to land, and uh, already we're seeing him uh, practice in his new jersey with his new number. Um, so it's pretty exciting, especially if you're. Uh, a big Titans fan because uh, you're you know their offense is starting to look uh, unstoppable at this point yeah man and you know what you want a fun fact for you one <laughs> is the loneliest number but two <laughs> two is that's that's the number you want I don't know the, the song lyric here so <laughs> two is the loneliest Hell. number since the number one okay, is the way it. the song goes <laughs> okay <laughs> all right <laughs> but he's <laughs> he's donning number two so, uh, and uh, I got to tell you, he looked real good out in practice, and uh, I like him in the blue. Something about those powder blues, like I think it's powder blue, right? Baby blue that Tennessee oh, has. Oh, they've got the dark uh, blue and the, and the baby blue. It's, it's sharp-looking uniforms. Totally. Um, that's, that's never really been the Titans' problem, in my opinion. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, man, you, you put him on that offense, they already have, you know, the most unstoppable running back in the league. Um. So it's uh, you know it's going to be dangerous for the defenses that face the Titans now. Um, what do you think about them tanking on his whole uh, fifteen point three million dollar guaranteed salary for the season? Is is he still worth like top receiver money and guaranteed top receiver money at that? Well, I I feel like that's you know a, a tiered that's a multifaceted debate because uh, as the player, I do think he's still worth that. And I do believe in Ryan Tannehill, but the real question is, can Brian Tannehill get the $15 million worth out of him? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I feel like that's the most likely uh, going to be what puts the cap on, on Julio Jones's value, is who's throwing the ball. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, it, 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 it's going to be exciting to see what uh, – how he factors into the offense, uh, you you got to think right away that he's going to be able to really stretch the field along with Brown such that uh, Derrick Henry is going to have an easier time uh, getting to the second level through some of these defenses that load the box or vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know, the, these defensives that are forced to load the box are going to have almost no chance of, of covering both these guys down the field. So... 
would you call Ryan Tannehill, uh, Ryan Tannehill a quarterback with a big arm, so to speak? I mean, I, I think he definitely can be. Um, the, the, the problem with Tannehill at, at Miami, the way I always saw it, was that he couldn't stay healthy. Never got to play a whole, you know, just never really got to see him play a whole season. He had, he could string together right. some, some great games, but never <clears throat> a great season. Right. Um, now, we, I think he made a step forward with this new team last year, but, uh, and it was definitely a step forward for the team. Uh, so this, we'll see how much farther they can take it. Does it get Tennessee to an AFC title game? I think it can. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Well, that's that's the word around the locker room in Tennessee that it's going to. So, uh, are you in Tennessee? <laughs> I'd like to uh, be. <laughs> likewise, right? We all like to be. Well, we all want better internet connection. So, And apparently it's in Nashville. <laughs> so, um, uh, what did you think about them not having to give up a first-round pick? Uh, you know, that's where – it really does work out. Um, you know, Julio Jones, I think is, uh, still very much a superstar in this league, but, uh, is he going to be a superstar in two, three seasons? It's, it's harder to, to see it lasting that long. So to give up a high pick, like a first round pick, um, really commits your organization to the short term. Um, so being able to avoid giving up a first rounder, um, means that, you know, let's say the Titans, uh, figure some things out on defense and they make it to a conference championship, but they don't get to the Super Bowl, and maybe it takes them a couple seasons to get back there. They need to be able to replace this offensive firepower. Um, so I think that works out really great for the Titans. Uh, how do you think it affects uh, Atlanta? Like, I mean, who carries the load for them, and, like, how does that, you know, well, how, did, how, the, you know, how does their I, offense look after this trade? So the, the, uh, their offense looked great before this trade. Um, I, I think their offense is going to have a lot to, to play around with this season with their new uh, their new tight end, a kid out of Florida whose name I can't remember. Kyle Pitts. Uh, yeah. Kyle Pitts, yes, mm-hmm. thank you. Mm-hmm. Um just so, the host here. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. <laughs> but you know, with, <laughs> when you know on draft day, adding Kyle Pitts to the offense, you had to be really excited for the Falcons' offense. Um, losing Julio Jones really uh, takes the gas out of it a bit. Right. Um, not not that they you know they're not screwed without him, but uh, it's certainly less exciting not having him there. What about Matt Ryan? What about Matt Ryan? Uh, I don't know. He has ice in his veins, apparently. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, Sub zero. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, when when Matt Ryan has a season, he's a fun guy to get excited about. Um, but uh, I, I mean, I, I think that that's where the Atlanta Falcons maybe did uh, get the short end of the stick. They, they need draft capital. Cause I, I really do think that it's time for that organization to start looking towards the future, uh, with who's, who's going to be next when it comes to Matt Ryan. Um, how about anybody that missed out on Julio? Would you consider them losers? Baltimore, Indy, San Francisco, New England. I, I mean, 
not to not you know loser is a harsh word but yeah um th- this uh, Julio Jones was up for grabs um I think uh I think the team that might be able to get the most out of him did I'm talking about you know putting him on the same offense as a guy like Derrick Henry who runs the ball like Derrick Henry um but uh you know a guy like Julio Jones opens up so many things in whatever offense he plays for, right. especially especially if you're talking about balance between right. running and, and receiving. Right. So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think some teams lost out. You can't, you know, you can't spell loser without ATL. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's 28 to 3. That's sorry. <laughs> Gave me, um, my bad. There's no Arsh. A in the, the name, in the word loser. So, I, I know. Um <laughs> Oh man. Uh <laughs> what about um let's see the AFC South. Okay. So Houston obviously, yeah, no, not gonna be a contender this year. Jacksonville not gonna be a contender for probably a year or two. I mean I could be wrong. We'll see, you know, how how quickly it turn around. Um, like so it's Indy and Tennessee at the top. If you were picking today and saying who's gonna win the AFC South, which team would you pick? Oh, I you know, I think when these two teams play, I'll be I'll be watching really closely, uh, which because it's going to be tough to predict which one's going to come out on top. Mm-hmm. Um, Indiana, great, well balanced team. Emphasis, I'd give them the eff- emphasis on defense. Um, certainly, I think they have a better defense than Tennessee does. Um, but I, I, my money, my money would be on Tennessee. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think it's going to. Be, I, I think what they have on offense at this point is going to be too much for almost any defense. That, that's what's exciting about uh, where Julio Jones landed, and, and I think you know, I you know, I have no idea uh, what you know what influence he had on which team he landed on. Mm-hmm. But if it was up, if I were Julio Jones and it was up to me, this is where I would want to go play football. Um, it, it's it's just going to be an absolute circus on offense. So yeah, yeah. I mean that or New England. Oh no, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I think I think you hit the nail on the head with all the all the analysis. And at the end of the day, it's like you know if you can go to a team where you can you know, the run was first, and now you like you said you unload the box, and Derrick Henry opens everything up, but you get the play action fakes, and Tannehill's got a big arm apparently, and um, certainly like accurate. I think that's no uh, no doubt you know um you know he was comeback player of the year two years ago so if anything he, he's he's thriving down in um tennessee my only concern um and i don't think this is a minor one is that tennessee has had they're on their third offensive coordinator in three years there um Ooh. only because the other two were so good they got hired to be head coaches you know so i i, I think that's that's worth bringing up um in terms of um offensive style and play calling and uh you know i mean it's it's julio jones i'm not saying he's not gonna acclimate it's just you know i wonder where like is that gonna affect you know uh the offensive lines production is that gonna affect uh derrick henry's production is that gonna affect Tannehill? you know because he doesn't have somebody he can go to he trusts uh, i think it's worth just discussing uh, i'm not like saying it's a huge factor but we'll see no you know? no hey everybody yeah. listening you heard it here yeah. first rob might have this uh Right, might have this pegged. Uh, <laughs> honestly, you know, I, it's really fun to get excited about these rosters, but 
you really can't say enough about the guys that put the plays in the huddles. Um, right. And, uh, you know, turnover at a position like that, whether it's because of lack of success or because of the success, uh, can make things shaky season to season. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it might rear its ugly head in a, a bad situation where had they just had, uh, you know, the same guy they had last season, they'd, they'd be more confident in what to do with, uh, you know, a minute and a half left and blah, 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 you know. So, totally, right. Well, you know, if anything, it's just, like I said, I think because Tannehill's had such a big turnaround with Matt LaFleur and Arthur Smith, like, okay, um, you know, how much impact. And we saw last season when LaFleur left, like, right, it was LaFleur, right? Um, yeah. I, yes. Um, and we saw how much impact they had on him in the playoffs last season and even just in the, the regular season in general. I mean, he still had a great season, don't get me wrong. It's just, like you were saying, those clutch situations where you might need a little advice or you might need to go to them for, hey, should I call this audible on this play or should I do this, should I do that? Um, you know, you got to make a new rapport that could take a whole season, could take time. Maybe you don't ever get that rapport with that, that offensive coordinator. And uh, I think that's worth considering because Mike Vrabel is a defensive coach, you know, so something to keep in mind. Uh, however, um, you know, it's kind of ironic. The guy who traded uh, or he was part of the trade in Atlanta, Arthur Smith, was the former offensive coordinator in Tennessee. So I think that's kind of a small world thing, hmm. right? Yeah. I don't know. Um, what do you think about, uh, do to do? Sorry. Uh, what, so, um, <laughs> before we get completely into it, uh, Akib Tlaib has a, um, has a podcast. He, uh, quote unquote, wanted to start a multi-platform podcast. Join the, join the club, buddy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get, come, come knock on my door. You're not going to be think better you than can, mine. Think you can right. do my job? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got nothing on me, Akib. What you have several seasons in the NFL and. All pro, and you want a Super Bowl? I don't. Know. That is nothing on my credentials. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, um, uh, however, I want to mention it because uh, Deshaun Watson's in, back in the news. Um, uh, he, he always is, I guess. But uh, quote, and this is a quote. Uh, so, from Kareem Jackson, who plays for the Denver Broncos right now, used to play for Houston back in uh, 2017, 2018. I guess he's close friends with Watson. But uh, quotes. Uh, I've got a great relationship with Deshaun Jackson, uh, Kareem, uh, Deshaun Watson, excuse me, that Kareem Jackson told Keep to leave on his podcast. I've been talking to him the last couple of weeks, man, and and like he's all been telling me is like Jack, just tell them like that's where I want to be. I want to be in Denver. Um, obviously, you know, twenty two civil lawsuits. We'll see what happens there. Uh, among other things, we'll see if he gets traded. And there's other teams, of course, that want him. What do you make of this? Well, I mean, my my biggest thought when it comes to this is that uh, Denver is I, – I feel like Denver is pretty lucky in all this. I, I don't really understand the huge appeal that Denver has to somebody like Deshaun Watson uh, right. or, or rumored Aaron Rodgers. We'll talk about that later. Um, but I, I just don't – I mean, maybe I'm underestimating the uh, roster in – Denver that you know all they need is a superstar quarterback and and look out for the Broncos I don't exactly see that as the situation I, I definitely see them as somebody that needs a quarterback uh, I'm pretty sure they can afford a good quarterback but uh, you know I, I think that even though that's their you know number one thing to address on their roster they, they it's not like uh, you 
put Deshaun Watson there and they're going to the conference title. I, I just don't see it that way. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, that being said, it's it's still a huge upgrade for Deshaun Watson as well. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my my opinion of the Broncos as it is, it's still a lot better than the Texans. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's a it's it's win win in that situation for Deshaun Watson as well as the Broncos. Um, and uh, you know, if the Broncos can do it and start building around Deshaun Watson, uh, that's probably the best part of this situation. If for whichever team gets a hold of this guy, is that John Deshaun Watson is still very much young enough that he's got a big future ahead of him with a team that can get the, get the most out of him. Yeah. I, you know, and I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like I think Denver would actually be a really good situation for him considering their offensive line is really solid. It's young. Um, they have receivers like all over the field and Jerry Judy, um, Corlin Sutton, uh, KJ Hamler, and uh, running backs, Melvin Gordon, they, uh, Javante Williams, they drafted this past year. Uh, they don't have Philip Lindsay anymore, uh, but no Fant, excuse me, no Fant. Um, you know, I think offensively it would make a lot of sense. Uh, they got the best quarterback, uh, excuse me, offensive line coach in the game, Mike Munchak. Like, he won't get hit like he did in Houston, that's for sure. Right, right. Um, you know, and but, like, my question is, is, like, how good would this guy look – holding a clipboard behind Aaron Rodgers in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess I, I, I briefly mentioned Rodgers a second ago because yeah. uh, it feels, I feel like right now, uh, no matter what high profile, high profile quarterback is being discussed as maybe going to a new team, uh, Denver, Denver comes up. Um, right. And, uh, and maybe it is because of their O line. And I really, uh, I, I did not have, Jerry Judy in mind, they do have uh, more more uh, weapons through the air than I was thinking of a moment ago. Right. Um, but so you know it it could work out great. And but yeah, <laughs> the Broncos getting yeah. And so from the Broncos' perspective, it's uh it's a little bit of a toss up if you can imagine that organization having their pick of these two guys, um, which of course they don't. Um, right. But uh, you know. It would be an e- for me the decision would be an easy Deshaun Watson if only because he's that much younger than Aaron Rodgers, um, but when you consider all the all the legal baggage with Deshaun Watson and and how it won't even be really uh, gotten to until next off season, um, that that makes it a tougher decision. So uh, I, I'd still lean towards Deshaun Watson because I you know I think he'll probably make it through uh, these legal battles and still be playing football. And he's got, a, you know, just a lot more longevity to his career than Aaron Rodgers at this point. Um, and I don't think that the Broncos are a win now team, you know, like a, a, even, even with Aaron Rodgers, I don't think that they're going to a conference championship. So I think if I were, the Broncos, I would prefer Deshaun Watson over Rodgers at this point. Yeah, yeah, I think it goes without saying. You know, and A Rod, uh, well, Jesus, I didn't just call him that. That's it's like, <laughs> like I know him. Oh, uh, yeah, A Rod, he wouldn't know. Um, I, I think Watson's just a better fit for Denver and what they do. 
and ultimately like you know uh, i don't know you know i just i just feel like his personality would work better there i mean people don't understand the media is actually fairly in denver is is very like uh, critical you know they're very passionate fans over there in denver and I think they would rather have somebody just young to start with and just can kind of build the franchise around. I mean, that they need something like that. I mean, they haven't had that since John Elway. Uh, they had Peyton Manning, but that wasn't a guy they, you know, they had for a very long period of time. He only won, went in there won one Super Bowl, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, if I had to pick one of the two, uh, I'd probably just say Watson if he's able to go. Um, but, uh, you know, <laughs> at this point, don't you just take whatever is available – like, uh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, our listeners have heard me discuss yeah. a few times now what I think of the Denver quarterback situation. Uh, even being a big fan of Teddy Bridgewater, it's it's a pretty dismal uh, situation they have there right now. So, you know, yeah, uh, it, when you when you think about what it's going to take to get either of these two guys, it just makes more sense to me to get Deshaun Watson again, mostly due to the longevity um because he could give you, you know, he he could give you almost another decade of of uh you know taking your shot at a championship every year and i just don't see that with Aaron Rodgers so yeah and and like i'm trying to rationalize like a trade to Denver in my head and i'm like that what would that even look like like either for either quarterback that'd be like several first round picks for Watson's case if he right looks, well, if he can even what, play yeah you know and and so like you're going to be depleting your your draft pick sort of hoard and among other things just guys potentially i don't know you know on your roster right. I, if i'm denver at this well, point like okay like why even you're, you're in training camp it's june like you know, right. like why why even entertain the idea of bringing either guy in? I, I mean, other obviously they're superstars, but like, I don't know. Uh, maybe part right. of me just well, feels, and, is like really attached to the draft picks, but you know, I don't know. That's uh, that that's exactly what I'm thinking. Is uh, either of these two quarterbacks? Yeah, you're gonna have to break the bank to get either one of them. Uh, so yeah. if you're yeah. if you're gonna get Aaron Rodgers, you have to be just a quarterback away. Because you're not going to exactly. be able to, right? Yeah. So, uh, so for the Broncos, I think it makes a lot more sense to go after a prospect like Watson. Um, yeah. Well, you hear you heard it here first, folks. Uh, Denver <laughs> potentially <laughs> putting together a deal for Deshaun Watson and GM Rob and Trevor are brokering it. So, um, <laughs> uh, you know, that's just a, it's another day at football in general. What can I say? So. Um, uh, let's, let's, we didn't get to the second between second and seventh, uh, second and seventh, <laughs> the second to the seventh rounds of the 2021 NFL draft. I figured we might as well clean that one up with a broom if we got a chance here. So, um, real quick, uh, what did you think of, uh, New York taking some playmakers in the second and fourth round? They got Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. He's kind of like a, uh, second round 34th overall. He's like, uh, the slot guy. Like probably best rated slot receiver in the in the draft, and then in the fourth round they took Michael Carter from North Carolina, who was rated the better of the two prospects, but got taken later from North Carolina. What did you think of those those two guys? Well, I mean, I I, I like these picks. Um, you know, a, a team like the Jets uh, getting uh, Zach Wilson second overall, 
Um, you got to give a young quarterback like that as much help as you can. Um, right. So getting <laughs> getting a, a wide receiver like Elijah Moore, um, who's fast, uh, dangerous in the slot, is going to get open and get open uh, quickly. Uh, I think that's that that could be a real difference maker in uh, keeping keeping Wilson alive in the pocket. Yeah. Um, Good call. And yeah. then you know. It, uh, I, I feel like there's great value in this draft for running backs. Mm-hmm. So to grab the guy they got where they got him, I like that pick a lot. Yeah, I like, um, sorry, uh, Michael Carter a lot. I mean, he was more productive out of the two that got drafted between him and Javante Williams out of North Carolina. And, like, just a – he's small, but he's a bruiser, 5'8", 200, so he runs north to south. Uh <laughs> I think we had a question in the last podcast. We did, What's a north to south runner? It means it's a guy that's going to run your ass over. That's what that means. You know? <laughs> so he's just a he's just a big barrel, you know, and he's a four five forty. So he's, he's not without the speed. Um, I you know we had a discussion right before we got on air about the amount of value there is in so many different guys because of the fact of COVID sort of flip flopping all these the tape and practices and preparation of players and whatnot. And there's so many guys and we don't. I don't know if I'll have enough time to discuss them all, but that just dropped in the draft. I felt like that were just so, so good on value picks. Like Elijah Moore is one of them. He's a slot receiver. They got him and um, Jamison Crowder and uh, 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 Corey Davis from Tennessee. They signed him. So like three guys for Zach Wilson to throw the ball to only if he has time to do so. (laughs) So like, that's uh, that's always a question, and and especially with the defenses in the AFC East between Buffalo, New York, and New England, uh, and Miami all have legit pass rushers on every single you know defense. And I would be, I don't know, Zach Wilson, man, <laughs> it's gonna be a tough first year in New York. I, I don't know, it's gonna be tough. Pretty for him. rough. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, I'm gonna go on a quick tangent. Christian Barmore, New England. Slipped to him at 38. New England traded up uh, two fourth-rounders to get him from 46 to 38. Uh, I like the pick a lot. He was the, he was the defensive MVP of the national championship, you know? Um, I, I can't – I mean, they had no front seven last year. They went, went up and picked up a big fat guy. I love fat guys. Go Dude, get the fat guy. You, you need somebody it. to just yeah. plug holes, you know? Like open up things for Hightower and all these linebackers. I thought it was a great pick. No, I, you you nailed it because when you have a guy that can just cause mayhem between the tackles for the defense, it really opens up what your linebackers are able to do. Uh, you know, covering the rest of the offensive threats. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, sometimes it's the only way to uh, to slow these running games down is to say nothing gets through the tackles. Right. Um, right. If you're going to run the ball on us, you got to go around. Um, totally. So, and, you know, that being said, it's a position that requires depth. Mm-hmm. These guys that are the best at, at shutting everything down in the middle, um, they can't play every snap. It's right. just, it's too much for them. So it's always good to get young guys at that position uh, uh, on your roster. So yeah. I, I like that pick a lot. Yeah, man. I, and, and not only that, but he gets to learn from, <clears throat> excuse me, Lawrence Guy. Uh, who's a veteran in the league, and uh, you know they Henry Anderson they signed from New York, uh, New England did, and I feel like that front seven's totally different than it was last year, and just like it was such a huge strength of every sort of Super Bowl team they had 
with like guys like Vince Wilfork and Richard Seymour, Jarvis Green, and Ted Washington, and all the you can all the fat guys throughout all the years, you know. And I, I it it all starts up front, you know. So if you get a guy who was the best, literally the best defensive player in this year's national championship at 38. I don't know why he slipped. Maybe there's some motor issues there in terms of like his, his motor and playing hard all the time. He went to Alabama, so I hope not, but you never know. And uh, yeah, love the pick. I love that pick a lot. Um, what'd you think at 46 Cincinnati, uh, excuse me, second round 46 overall Cincinnati doesn't go for Panay Sewell in the first round. They take Tamar chase, come back in the second round in the middle of it. They take Jackson Carmen left tackle for, from Clemson Clemson. Excuse me. Right. Well, I mean, I you know, they they're doing the right thing, addressing this dire need to to build up the offensive line. But honestly, I think that they got it backwards with their priorities. Um, we're seeing a lot of really talented, skilled players, especially wide receivers and running backs, uh, falling to the second and, and middle rounds of this draft. Um, so I and you know. Man, there's just so many good wide receivers out there. I feel like if you're the Bengals, you just have to have more faith in your your you know first overall quarterback that he's going to be able to work with the talent you put around him. Um, so getting him a guy from his team uh, doesn't really justify it to me. I feel like you go yeah. out and you get the, the guy who's ready to uh, protect the blind side right now right um and, and really lock that in and then then you you pick up a, a wide receiver with your 46th overall pick yeah um, yeah so I, and maybe they know something about uh jackson carmen that we don't but uh you i think is a significant reduction in in the ability to play the position as a rookie uh from the guy they passed on so yeah uh, we only the only thing we know about him is he has two first names. He went to Clemson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, listen, I think it's like okay, you go back and get a tackle, but like to pass up on the best one in the draft when you're no more an overall pick, your franchise quarterback, the face of the franchise, guys from Ohio, you know, like you couldn't get any more like blue blood sort of like face of your franchise gets absolutely just slaughtered in his first year and like completely tears his ACL and it's like MCL and messes up his whole knee. And granted he's like made a full comeback and he's going to play and like, that's fine. But like to not take the best offensive tackle available, it just drives me nuts. And maybe Dax Carmen will be good. I, I have no idea that the draft's an absolute crapshoot. You know, none of these guys could be good. I have we have, none of us have any idea, but the fact of the matter is that you could, you, you know, you could, you could wait, you could trade back and get Terrence Marshall jr. Now he's not Jamar chase, but he was a very productive receiver at LSU and still has a rapport with Joe Burrow at 59. Like, I, I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's it, I think it's, it, you know, second second guess in here. Okay. Um, another another guy I liked uh, here, Rondale Moore um, from Purdue, went uh, to Arizona at 49, uh, presumably to re replace Larry Fitzgerald. Trevor, Larry Fitzgerald. He's still a free agent. He's probably done. How do you oh, feel man. about the How do you feel about the Cardinals replacing him the guy who has only played seven games in two years? <laughs> well, I, let's be honest. You know, he, replacing him is uh, not not much. possible. There's there's, right. there's just no replacing a guy like Larry Fitzgerald. It's certainly the end of an era. 
if he doesn't get uh, you got to think if he wants to play, somebody's gonna find a spot for him on a roster somewhere. Shit, he can come, he can come play for the Vikings. Um, we've always got some uh, uncertainty at the number five wide receiver. I, I hear you have uncertainty uh, at the ball boy position too, which is what he used to play. But <laughs> that's anyways, right. Sorry. That's right. Sorry. Fun, yeah. No, you, you, you nailed it. He, uh, uh, that's the fun story. He was a, he was a ball boy for the Vikings and he ended up taking, uh, he borrowed uh, Randy Moss's car to go to prom. I can't remember what kind of car it was, but you can, you can imagine it was, it was pretty awesome for mm. for a ball boy to take the prom. Sure, um, but no, great, great I you club. know, Rondell Moore, uh, you know, it, it's a bit of a question. I mean, he didn't play a lot. Purdue wide receiver, maybe I don't know. Maybe he had a good combine. Uh, <laughs> um, he wasn't. He couldn't. But yeah, pro day. <laughs> Nobody was at the combine this year, so unless he was the only one there. <laughs> that's my. That's my whole point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, nice. Oh shoot. Yeah, I I'm not sure what yeah. what they're thinking. Not not finding space for for Fitzgerald if he or sorry, uh, uh, Rondell Fitz, Fitzpatrick Fitzpatrick if if he wants to play. So Fitzgerald, yes. Fitzgerald. Yeah, yeah. You had it. You had the first. Larry part Fitzgerald. Right. Yeah. There you go. Um, you know, here's so here's my thing, right? And I'm a I'm a draft guy. So, um, and I'm, I live in Arizona, so this is probably like just, you know, having close ties here and yeah, I'm in the locker room all the time and, you know, um, <laughs> no, I mean, so I like Rondale, he's five, five, seven, one eighty. I don't know his four forty, but, um, they have like four guys like this, Andy Isabella, Christian Kirk, uh, three guys and now Rondale Moore. So I, I don't see they, I don't know where Arizona is investing their draft capital. In terms of second round receivers, so like, what do they got to do with the other two guys? They drafted them both in the second round. I, I don't know. And they got D Hop. They got a good. It's a good problem to have. But I'm curious. Like, okay, we're just gonna keep drafting this type of receiver until we hit on him. Well, you've drafted three of them all in the second round. You know, and yeah, you haven't hit on him. Uh, other than Kirk, he was he had a good season. Uh, I think his rookie year, and he looked good last year. But I. Yeah, I mean, maybe they just feel like they need more depth there, or more guys in space in case D Hop gets hurt. And you got you can never have too many receivers, but um, I don't know. I feel like uh, you know they had a little bit more needs at other positions, tight end, and they went Rondale Moore here. So um, okay, fifty-two. Uh, Cleveland took Jeremiah Owosu Koromoa, um, a guy who was supposed to be taken in the top ten, slipped because of a heart condition. Uh, Trev, how many times have you slipped because of your heart condition? Oh man, it's, uh, it happens all the time. Um, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that was sorry. But anyway, I, uh, I, I, I like ahead. this pick. Um, yeah, me too. I think I think this has huge upside potential for for the Cleveland Browns. Right. Um, to to put a guy like this on their defense, um, I feel like a heart condition is something that it, you know is extremely fixable with these type of athletes um yeah it, it's not impossible that it could become uh, a career altering uh problem but i really think it's it's safer than you know going with a guy with uh you know weak ankles or something um so i i guess that's the optimist in me is like really a heart condition is yeah. there a sur- is there not a surgery for this right um because right. uh because the guy can really play and uh, 
you know, the Cleveland Browns have a, a stacked roster on both sides, and it's just getting more stacked when when a guy like this goes 52 overall. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. It's it's the minor menace, especially the NFL. Like they got all the position, best positions in the world for these team doctors. Like, okay, well, he's got heart condition. Maybe he sits out a year. You know, yeah. um, they figure it out. I, I don't know what it ever it is. Uh, they put find some medication that helps them or some sort of respiratory, uh, circulatory sort of, yeah, physical therapy. I, I don't know, you know. Um, but the guy flat out played last year and was the best player on Notre Dame defense, you know, and was Buckus award winner as the nation's top linebacker yeah. and, and, and the only unanimous All-American and ACC defensive player of the year. So, like – God, Lee, man. I mean, the guy's got accolades up the roof, and I thought he was a really good pick, like a really good value pick. And Cleveland, all they do is pick good value picks, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, still second round. Uh, 2-2 Atwell. Uh, Louisville wide receiver, 57th overall to <clears throat> Los Angeles. I'll be playing next to Sean Jackson. Ran a 4-3. Uh, fast, very fast. And, and Sean McVay's offense, I think he's going to be a really good uh, like addition to that offense, and like a really good fit there. Uh, I I completely agree. I think he's going to be a fun new toy for uh, Matthew Stafford, um, who can put the ball anywhere on the field. Right. So, uh, right. you know, the sky's the limit for this kid. Yeah, man. And and like, um, you know, it's <clears throat> they had uh, uh sorry I can't the what's his name uh sorry the receiver uh <laughs> for the for the rams you know cooper cup cooper cup sorry thank you thank you chef yeah, um, no yeah yeah right that's what you're here for um <laughs> and, and, <laughs> um well he got hurt he tore his acl a couple years ago and i think that totally changed that offense so it's like another guy who's just quick 5 9 165 can go over the middle can return kicks like i'm all into that i think like perfect fit for that that team you know Oh, I, I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Kyle Trask going 64th overall, second-round pick to Tampa Bay? Uh, you know, I this was a really interesting one. I, I, you know, I remember thinking a lot more of it. I haven't really thought of it since since the day of the, you know, second day of the draft. But, uh, you know, Kyle Trask was, uh, was riding high going into bowl season uh, last season. And then was just a little bit underwhelming, but before uh, their bowl game, man, you, you thought maybe he would be one of these first round uh, quarterbacks. Right. And, uh, you know, you heard me talk a lot last week about how, how terrible I feel for, uh, you know, guys like Trevor Lawrence and, and uh, Zach Wilson, you know, extremely talented and have to go play for a dumpster fire to start their career uh you know somebody like kyle trask falling to the 64th overall pick and gets to you know uh play on a team with tom brady and and bruce arians uh, this it might be a, a huge blessing in disguise for kyle trask right right yeah he gets to just sit for a couple of years and like who knows maybe he won't be the the quarterback like they they think he will be or like he can replace brady and nobody can by the way so it's like <laughs> Yeah, right. I yeah, know. I'm still, you know, crying about that at night when I think about the Patriots. But um, a guy who played Oklahoma in a in a bowl game and uh, the Cotton Bowl, excuse me. There we go. Uh, and throw and threw three interceptions on the biggest stage in, in his career. 
you know, and was replaced by a backup quarterback, you know, um, and went 64th overall in the second round. I don't know. Does that sit weird with you? <laughs> well, I mean, you, you talk about his interceptions in the bowl game. You know, everybody can have a bad day. Uh, I don't think it means that he's not worth trying to develop, uh, especially sure. at, at, at a position like quarterback where you, you just don't know who's going to have what it takes to uh, to put it all together at the NFL level. Um, I, I like this. I, I think this works out really well for the Buccaneers and especially, like I said, for Kyle Trask. Um, because it's a real chance for him to put that bowl game behind him, right? Do do the work, and uh, and maybe someday you're starting in the NFL. Yeah, I think that's fair. And like you know, he's like no Danny Werfel. Nobody knows who Danny Werfel is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like so, 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 you know, I like so I I think he'll I think he'll be good. But I I just you know the big stage thing is sort of like indicative of my opinion like a slide you know like for for a quarterback and like that's what happened he went from like basically borderline first round pick to the end of second round and who knows maybe he would have slipped farther if camp bay didn't pick him you know i I have no idea um but i just think like you know i i don't know those those games sit weird with me when when they don't do when like that's their last game it's the last thing you see of them in college and like that's the last thing you see that just i don't know it just but i think it's a good pick regardless because they can develop them and see what they got in a couple years you know go from there kellen mond going 66 third uh third round 66 overall to minnesota what do you i like that pick a lot but you go first because it's your team yeah well so. uh, you know i know a lot more about kellen mond now than i did before the vikings picked him up <laughs> um you know i the the buzz is that he's this drafts uh dak prescott and uh i'm i'm really hesitant to uh let myself hope that high um it it does happen you know obviously these you know some of these middle round quarterbacks do turn out to be franchise guys so uh that would be spectacular um and and that'd be that'd be great if he worked out to be that guy but when it comes to that sort of thing being said now you just kind of have to roll your eyes and say i'll i'll believe it when i see it that being said i do think it's a good pick i think the the vikings uh do need to i mean i i really do think the vikings need to have uh an eye to the future when it comes to the position of quarterback um you know i i i'm always hopeful that kirk cousins can put it together and and do what what everybody wants him to do in in minnesota but uh i'm not putting my money on that um so i i do like this it's it's somebody for them to develop uh certainly you know somebody to have uh uh, as backup, potentially, he might he might even take the number two spot uh, soon if if all the hype is to believed about his potential. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm extreme, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic. Emphasis on the cautiously. Uh, so. Huh. Um. So uh, could there be a breakup between Minnesota and Kirk Cousins in the next year or two? Or I mean, was this just like in case he leaves? Cause his contract's up soon or what? Yeah. So yeah, it could go a few different ways. Um, you know, he, you know, pe- people really, I think overreacted when he got his first contract with Minnesota, it wasn't even the biggest quarterback contract for an entire <laughs> year. 
Um, it just certainly was the biggest at the time. Um, <laughs> but that's that's the way these quarterback contracts go. He got a two-year extension, uh, in ballpark of you know thirty to thirty-three million a year again. I want to say he got like sixty some for two years, sixty something million, um, and, which is not as uh, you know ridiculous as it appeared when he first went to Minnesota. Right. But that being said, it's it's not chump change either. So if he can't if he can't uh, get them into a deep playoff run with all the weapons he has around him, then. Uh, you know that cannot go on forever. This right. will not stand, Rob. Um, <laughs> he either has to earn that money, or or we got to do something else. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. This will not stand with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I like the pick. I just wonder why sometimes. I think if you pay a guy guaranteed money too, all guaranteed money, like I okay I. I don't know. Like, it definitely protects you. I'm not going to say, like, drafting a quarterback in the third round is a bad idea considering, like, how Kirk Cousins is played. I just wonder if drafting him limits your ability to sort of maximize your window with, with Kirk Cousins, you know? Because if you could take a guy, let's say, I don't know. I'm just looking at some of the defensive players and some of the guys in between them and, like, their next pick at 78. I mean, Josh Palmer from Tennessee was a really good pick. Wide receiver, you know, Paulson uh, Adebo from Stanford, cornerback. Uh, Milton Williams, Louisiana Tech defensive tackle, was like complete force last year. I just, I just right. that's yeah, it. I just I, wonder. I completely so, agree because yeah. I, I feel like, uh, you know, 66 pick overall, there's a lot of things to address uh, with the Vikings on, on defense. Um, and you know, that's just one more, you know, it's it's the second pick of the third round. You can still get some great talent there. Um, and it is hard to imagine with Cousins' contract extension that they're going to be moving on from him immediately. Right. Um, you know, with, with who Cousins has always been, who he's been with the Vikings, um, if they were to end the Kirk Cousins experiment, you know, early, it's not like they're going to be able to cash in on Cousins. You know, where whatever transaction that would be, the, the Vikings would certainly be the losers there. Um, so, yeah, taking a quarterback in the third round, everything that's said about him, I want to be optimistic, but I do feel like that could have been used better for what the team is trying to do in the next two seasons. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know, I, I agree completely. You know, like I just mentioned, I, I'm more of a devil's advocate type of person, especially with this stuff. But I just wonder when the guaranteed money, like, okay, he's so you're not, you can't move on from him for two years. Like, so Kalamon's going to sit for two years or like, what's this, what's the plan? You know, I just wonder, but Davis Mills at 67, third round pick Texans. I think this is interesting because it, here's a guy who um, has a lot of knee injuries and uh, was a really excuse me, was the top-ranked quarterback in 2017 coming out of high school, committed to Stanford, and, like, in total played, like, 12 games and got drafted in the third round. I mean, I was available, but nobody called me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what do you think? <clears throat> now, you don't know. I mean, there's not a lot to, like, really even say about Davis Mills because there's only, like, pro day stuff. There isn't a lot of um, 
a lot of game film. So, I mean, just like on the surface, like what is your guttural reaction when you hear like a guy who played 12 games got drafted third round, 67 overall, like desperate? Like, what do you think? No, you know? when I hear that, I think, uh, was it Houston Texans? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I think. It must have been the Texans. Right. Moving on. No. Um, cause <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, uh, I, I think it's a bad pick. Um, and I think it's an especially bad pick for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, certain teams are extremely desperate going into the draft. Other teams can, uh, you know, play it safer and, and, and pick talented people that fall that, that are, that are worth more than the, the value they're going to get them at, uh, because they don't have the pressing needs on their roster that some of these other teams do. Uh, Houston, Houston without Deshaun Watson is one of the most desperate rosters in the league. Um, and so to get a quarterback in the third round, it's like, what, what do you think you're doing? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, there's so many other things that can help your team now, help your team in the future. And Davis Mills isn't the future of your franchise. I mean, uh, you know, as far as Davis Mills is concerned, go ahead and make, make, make me eat my words right there. But I think everybody <laughs> knows what I'm talking about. Um, it's, it's a head scratcher of a pick for, especially for an organization like the Texans. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I don't doubt that he could be a decent uh, quarterback. It just seems like he got kind of a raw deal in Stanford, but like, I don't know. I, I just, you know, it, and he's 23, so it's like the knee injuries are what they are. You can say, okay, he's going to bounce back. He's young. They can do, you know, they can do so many things to kind of get around that. But it's like, dude, you just hit the nail on the head. Like this team, without Sean Watson, this is, they're going to be bad for like a while. <laughs> so you know you're going to pick a quarterback next year because he's probably not going to come back and play for you. Third rounds, top of the third rounds. So like you look down the list of guys that got picked. I mean, you could. Set up your quarterback next year with a receiver. Get a running back. Grab an offensive lineman. Do something with your defense because you lost J.J. Yeah. Watt, ben, Dar- ben Derek McKinley, and like all this talent. And it's like, I don't know, to get a quarterback in the third round just because you feel like you needed one or just because you know it's going to be a dumpster fire and you're trying to uh, appease your fan base by saying, look, look, look we did. We, well, we drafted a quarterback, and we have all these other guys we signed and traded for. Okay, that's great, but – uh, tough, tough sitch for Davis Mills. Tough situation over there, Davis Mills. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. Um, well, we only probably only got about ten minutes left, so we're gonna rapid fire some other third round picks and probably get into the rest of it in the next episode. Um, well, let's see here. What do you think about um? Oh, uh, Amari Rogers, uh, Green Bay Packers, eighty fifth overall pick, uh, wide receiver from Clemson. Before you say anything, let me just quickly give you a blurb of his uh, Scouts Inc. profile. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers will care to hear this, but he may have his Randall Cobb 2.0 in the form of Aaron Rodgers. He's a slot receiver who can threaten the seam, and he plays with a mature blend of ball skills and route savvy. He may not be a true WR2, wide receiver 2, but he's the type of target the reigning MVP should really like. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Will will the reigning MVP even play? And why should I care about this guy? Right, <laughs> so, he's the he's the yeah. Randall Cobb of this of this year's draft. Right. Um. That that's you know, it's always fun for the fans 
you know, the diehard fans of the teams that get him, just like the the Minnesota Vikings getting uh, this year's Dak Prescott. Right. Um, right. So uh, that you know, I, I feel like when it comes to the this type of wide receiver, it's it's a little easier to uh, to see that that prediction being accurate. Um, you know, especially these these wide receivers that come off of absolutely stacked uh, college programs like Clemson. Um, so I, I think it's excellent value getting a wide receiver in the third round. Um, I know a lot of Packer fans are not going to be satisfied with that. They want a first round wide receiver, not a third round wide receiver. Um, but, uh, you know, it, we've said it already in this podcast, how a lot of these, especially wide receivers and running backs are going to fall to the third and fourth round. Uh, even though they could be, long-term NFL threats. Uh, right. So I think this actually does make uh, Green Bay stronger. Uh, I think yep. it's a great pick for them. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not Rodgers is going to be catching passes from Rodgers is, uh, is still a, a topic of much speculation. But uh, I think it's a great pick. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good pick. I mean, especially a guy from Clemson, who you know is good in space, apparently is like – good enough to be considered like a Randall Cobb 2.0 um, that jury's still out on that and will be for at least a couple years. But like, I, I mean, anytime you're picking an offensive player from Clemson, I, I, I think it's a pretty safe like bet that they're going to be like at least somewhat productive. Uh, maybe injury prone. <laughs> if you look over the years of the offensive players that have been taken from Clemson, but like otherwise, uh, I like the pick. I mean, they need anything in terms of like receiver depth. There, you got Montez Valdez, Scantling, um, Devonte Adams, uh, uh, Runyon, who played tight end last year, who was a force. Like, uh, yeah, man, put some more guys in space, see what happens. Maybe Jordan Love will throw to him really well, and Aaron <laughs> Rodgers will, you know, maybe Aaron and Aaron Rodgers will never be seen again. That's my hope. He'll just stay on Jeopardy for the rest of his life. So, uh, <laughs> um, one last, uh, two last guys. One I'll really hit on because I'm, you know, I'm a homer. And uh, two guys uh, that Minnesota took I thought were really good picks. Actually, Minnesota had, uh, let's see, four third-round picks. Chaz Surratt, linebacker from North Carolina. Another North Carolina guy went. Um, really productive linebacker. Steps right in. Could be a kind of an Eric Kendricks replacement? Question mark? Um, you know, uh, got to love a name like Chaz. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I like this pick. Um, I, I like this pick as, as a, a third round pick. The, uh, the Vikings have a lot of, uh, need right now on defense. Uh, and they, they need things everywhere. The, uh, defensive line cornerbacks, um, their need for a linebacker might not be a, as dire as those other two, but it's, it's always great to add strength where you're strongest. Um, I, I like this guy a lot. Uh, he's, he's going to be in there with some, some pro bowl linebackers being able to learn from Kendricks and Anthony Barr. Um, and for a long time, those were the guys, but they, they can't be the guys forever. Right. Um, so getting a young linebacker like, like, uh, Chaz Surratt, I love it. Um, uh, real quick, uh, just had his name in front of me. Sorry, Patrick Jones, the second, third round pick, ninetieth overall, six four two sixty one, super productive at Pittsburgh. 
I think he had a chance of going in the first round, or he at least propped his stock up significantly over the last year. But I guy I watched actually caught a couple Pittsburgh games over the last year. I thought he was like off the charts, like just jumped out of you on TV. Has the same sort of like height and weight and the build that they like at the defensive line, especially at like that uh, sort of three, four technique uh, defensive end. Um, do you think he's sort of like a replacement? Or I should keep asking replacement, but that's what the draft is. Um, do you think he's going to slide right into the rotation? And um, uh, I, I think it's real easy to see him in the rotation. He might not be at the front of the rotation, but that's that's really the recipe right now when it comes to the entire D line mm-hmm. is uh, these guys don't play every down. Right. You need somebody that can come in, give give your superstars a breather, and still you know play the position competently. Um, and a lot of teams need these guys right now. That's why we do see a lot of these. Uh, wide receivers and running backs falling so far uh, into these middle rounds is because the the need for defensive tackles, defensive ends is and and all sorts of O linemen. Those needs are great. Um, you know, th- there's just not enough of these guys to go around. So when yeah, and and I I think that that uh, the Vikings draft really well, especially on the defensive side of the ball, when they see somebody that fits what they want out of the position um it's a matter of getting them in keeping them healthy and coaching them up right. so uh this is another pick that i really do like for yeah the Vikings. yeah minnesota had a good draft i thought for sure um and last one but not least and we'll get into round four the seven in the next episode for sure uh ronnie perkins from from oklahoma got picked by new england um i thought is like a super good pick like we need pass rushers um we need depth uh you know, my only concern is some of the drug test stuff. He, gave, he failed. He didn't play in the 2019 Peach Bowl because of that. Uh, but, you know, the all Big 12 two years in a row, uh, 6'3", 247. So he fits that sort of like off the off the tackle sort of uh, edge rusher. And I think could learn a lot from some of the guys that got on New England. And I think it was an excellent pick and like just a pure pass rusher. They just, they just need more people that can – rush the passer and more guys in the front seven like we were saying earlier it was just terrible last year so big fan of that pick a big fan because uh, i think he could have went in the second round but i think some of that like background stuff scared people away you know oh, i i completely agree and uh you know you got to think that that uh new england met with this guy yeah um and uh you know they're, they're pretty good at deciding who's gonna who's gonna fit into their system um this could work out great for Ronnie Perkins, right. um, the guy has real talent, and to end up on a on a no nonsense type of organization uh, might be the best thing for somebody with uh, his history. Yeah. So I I also think that this is a great fit. Um, yeah, these these DNs are are in high demand right now. Um, so to get a guy that you feel can uh, you know can hit the weights, hit the you know hit the film room and really come out as a contributor. It's a great pick. Yeah. I, I thought it was an excellent pick and just more guys to play on that front seven and be a rotation. And usually for the rookies, like it's tough to break through in, on new England. And I, oh, I think, I, yeah. yeah, I think, I think any defensive end it's, you know, not yeah. everybody's last name is Bosa. Um, <laughs> it's really hard for these guys out of college to just come in and, and be the guy. Right. Um, 
a great example was uh, in Minnesota is Stephen Weatherly. Right. Um, they they really brought him along before he became uh, a real threat, something that that every you know O line had to worry about. Totally. Um, and and any one of these DNs out of the draft, even in these middle rounds, they could end up being that guy. Um, so it's great to add them to your ro- like you said the rotation. Um, and then, uh, you know, maybe they don't become that guy. Maybe they do. But uh, you don't know until you give it a shot. And, and I like having these guys in your pipeline. Yeah. Yeah, I think you always need to sort of develop those, like, front seven defensive line guys, like you are saying, in a pipeline. And, like, same thing with sec- the secondary. Like, you just need the back-end guys to sort of be young and sort of watching and learning. And then, like, maybe they come on late in the season because of an injury and they're ready to go. But, like, you need – Probably, honestly, in either position, four or five guys, you know, on each oh, yeah. uh, and, and, and those points of the ball, because otherwise, like, you know, you're going to be faced with a situation maybe later in the season when you lose a couple guys in your D-line, um, then you have no pass rush. <laughs> you have nobody that's that's able to cover one-on-one or play zone. Oh, yeah. And then what it, happens? It's, you know? it's the same thing with your defensive tackle. I mean, you, you might have the best defensive tackle in the league. Right. But if, but if he has to – you know, sit out for a quarter because of a, a cramp or a, a twist or something. All of a sudden, the other team knows they can run the ball all over you because you've got nobody that can, you know, cause that quagmire that you need in the middle of the O line. Quagmire. Um, yes. So uh, you you just you have to have depth at these D line positions. You always need to be bringing up new guys. Right. So I, I like these picks a lot. Yeah, man. Well, that's uh that's what we got for the this uh for. <laughs> Rounds two through three. Well, I swear we'll get into the <laughs> finish the rest of it next year sometime. <laughs> um, uh, any closing thoughts on anything we talked about today? Uh, no, it, it, it's it's uh, been another fun day of going through the yeah. the draft. Um, it's it's fun talking about these guys. I think it just makes it uh, more interesting. Uh, looking forward to uh, you know we get to see a lot of these guys play in the preseason. Um, and so really a, a lot of these uh, middle middle round draft picks are what make the preseason really interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, yep. So it's all great. And we, we got all the uh, all the speculation and high profile stuff out of the way early. <laughs> uh, I can't speculate anymore. Darn it. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it's next next episode at four through seven. Uh, I swear we'll, we'll get to it. I'm not it won't take very much long because of the, the guys who got picked. And then um, I'm thinking we, uh, you know, dive into a little bit of the schedule and see if we can get that done there, and maybe draw that one out too. Who knows? So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> anywho, um, yeah, you can follow us on Instagram. We're uh, at uh, Football in General Pod. Um, not on Twitter yet. They could blame me for that one, um, but we will be. I swear. Uh, and I'm uh, at uh, Bobby Law on Instagram at Robbie Case on Twitter. Where can they find you, Trevor? Oh yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Trevor at Trev Geo Dude. Um, I'm Trevor Koppel, and it's been a real fun time again. Yeah, yeah, man. And last thing before we bounce, uh, please listen to our friends uh, over at Top of the Table podcast. It's a comprehensive podcast about soccer in England or football. I don't know what they're pronouncing it these days or how you pronounce it. But regardless, um, it's a it's a really uh, awesome look at the, some of the things that are going on there. It's about a half hour. It's very easy to listen to, and uh, the, the three gentlemen we uh, we work with here 
uh, the, the Landry Media <laughs> Group. Uh, they do a really good job of covering covering soccer. And uh, I tell you, give them a listen. It's, we're heading down towards the pipe here with uh, with uh, you know football standings and uh, the Premier League wrapping up. So uh, if anything other than that, give us a listen, give us a like. And uh, I'm Rob Case. He's Trevor Koppel. And we're out.